You are listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church, located at 3144 South Home Avenue in Berwyn, Illinois. We invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9 o'clock a.m. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It feels really good to delegate, doesn't it? Someone comes to you with a problem and uh, you say, well, that's not my job. Why don't you go talk to, isn't that nice? They come and you say, and you're like, I don't even have to worry about that. Now, um, when I was an associate pastor at my previous church, I didn't really like being an associate. But my favorite part of the job was when someone came to me with something really big, like big conflict, big organizational problem, and I say, you know what? I'm just the associate. I don't know much about that. Why don't you go to the senior? Delegating our problems can take them away and make them feel lighter. And I think that's what our psalm is about today. It's about talking about our problems, not that we have to handle them, but we let God handle it. And that's what the psalm is about. It's about letting God handle our problems. It says, let God handle them because we can't do it, right? So we can't take care of all of our problems because eventually they get so big that we just can't do it. They pile up, they get around you, and even when you solve one or the other, the next set pops up, the next day of stresses comes forward, the new problems always exist, and what happens when we think we have to solve everything? We get anxious. We get worried. We get concerned about the future. We can drive ourselves crazy. Jesus talks about that when he says in Matthew 6, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you eat or what you will drink, nor about your bo body, what you will put on. Is, life, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? It talks about the kind of power that we have. No matter how hard we work, no matter what we do, we can't control the results of our labor. We can't control the world around us. And that's what the psalmist says. He says, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Right? Inevitably, what we plan and what we want comes to nothing. But what if we let God handle it? What if we turn away from our poor and weak ability? This is what St. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. He says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. <clears throat> and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know what St. Paul is saying? Delegate, right? 
That's not my problem. That's God's. It's saying lift up whatever you're facing, whatever's going on, whatever your problems are, and say, God, you handle it. And when we trust someone who isn't us, when we trust someone who sent his son Jesus to die for us, that's peace that passes understanding, isn't it? That's the kind of peace that can see you through whatever anxiety problems, that can see you through whatever you're facing, because it's peace beyond ourselves, peace from the eternal God who sent his son to die for you. Let God handle it because we can't do it. We also should let God handle it because he is the creator of heaven and earth. This is what the psalm says, Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever. We should let God handle it because the power to control heaven and earth. He made everything by the power of his voice. He made everything that we can see and touch and smell and taste. God has all the power. And we should trust him to take care of it. I'm imagining it would have been much better for Abraham and Sarah if they had trusted God to make his promises come true, if he had trusted God to handle all their problems. Remember, God gave them the promise that they would have a son, and that would be the son of the promise, and great nation would be built through them. But they didn't trust that. They didn't trust that God could bring it about by his power, that he would keep faith. And so they were so desperate to fix things that Sarah said to her husband, why don't you go impregnate my, my servant so that we can have a baby? Isn't that stressful? Isn't that like pushing it really far? And if they just simply trusted the God of heaven and earth who promises and keeps them would have been so much better. What about Jacob and Esau? Jacob was promised the, the same promise that went down through Isaac when, when Esau sold his birthright for that bowl of soup. Um, and so Jacob could, could have just trusted that God would take care of it. He could have just trusted that God would arrange everything so that it was right. But instead, what does he do? When his father Isaac is, is uh, blind and dying and wants to bless someone, he dresses up like Esau, and he puts on Esau's clothing, and he puts on some furs to show that, that uh, Esau's hairy, hairy arms. Just, but isn't it amazing how hairy Esau must have been if he put on skins, like fur, and his dad thought that was him? So he puts on these skins, and he puts on the clothes, and he pretends to be Esau, and he steals the blessing all because he didn't trust the God, the creator of the heaven and earth, to use the power the way he promised. All that anxiety, all that trouble, betrayal and sin, because they didn't think God could do what he says. But God does what he says. He has the power to create heaven and earth. He has the power to do what he promises for you. And we know that that power cannot be taken from us through Jesus Christ 
because God is the most powerful, the greatest. He controls all things, which is why nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the promise that we have in Jesus Christ. Not our problems, not the rest of the world, not the powers of heaven and earth. There is nothing that can keep us from receiving this promise because God promised to you and he is the creator of heaven and earth because God chose you and he has the power to make it happen. We should let God handle it because he actually has the power to do it. We should also let God handle it because he promises to lift up the lowly and the broken, the people who are bowed down. This is what it says. Who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. We should let God handle it because he lifts up the broken. It lists all of these different ways that the people would have been broken during the time of the psalmist, different ways that sound awful and horrible. And we face different kinds of brokenness too. But the biggest among them isn't physical disabilities or, or mental things or financial or whatever. The biggest among them is our sin. A condition we can't free ourselves from. A problem that we can never get rid of. We are broken before our God and in need of a Savior. But God lifts up the broken. God lifts up the lowly and gives them the promise of everlasting life. And that's what we see in Jesus. We see in Jesus God lifting up someone who became lowly. Because the eternal Son, Jesus Christ, became a human being. He became lowly to be among us, to be one of us, to be under all the problems of sin. And then he made himself even lower by being executed on a cross by being tortured and killed and placed in a tomb. And when God looked down on the lowly Jesus Christ, broken and beaten and killed for us, he lifted him up in the resurrection. And he ascended into heaven, and now he sits at the throne of God in heaven. And all who have been chosen by Christ, you and me, all of us who have been connected with him in baptism, he is the first one to go through the same thing that we will face. That even though we pass through death, even though we face the worst things you can think of, we will be raised up on the last day. We will be seated next to Christ in our heavenly kingdom to live forever with him. God lifts up the broken. He lifts up the lowly. He lifts up the sinner because he sent Jesus to be one of us, to lead the way for us to that everlasting life. The psalm says, let God handle it. Let God handle our problems, our, our weaknesses, and our sins because he's the only one who can give us peace. 
the only one who can take us through those problems, which is why the Lord says, the psalm says this, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul, and at the end, the Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church. For more information about getting involved, please visit concordiaburwin.org. Like us on Facebook at Concordia Lutheran Church and Little Lambs.